0: What do you do when fear is what completely stalls you when it comes to looking at your money? Coming up in episode 111, Rachel Luna gives the best breakdown ever on how to manage this fear. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. Hello, and I am happy that you have joined me here today. I have to say I am super pumped about today's episode, not just because this guest has an extraordinary story, but you will learn from her about managing fear. And I know personally, I took a lot from this episode that I know I will be implementing not just in my own life. but when I teach, and when I coach you. Now, she is the real deal, and with that, just so you know, there are a few instances of some real words. Nothing too crazy, but in case you have some little ones around, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. Now, in today's episode, you're going to learn how she got herself not only out of $40,000 of debt, but... When she got out of that, she also had $20,000 in savings and was able to pay cash for a car all within a span of three years. You're going to learn why fear is hard to overcome and what steps you can take. And you're going to learn how she is back in debt and why she is not stressing over it. So let me share with you a little bit about Rachel Luna. Rachel Luna is a best-selling author international speaker, and an elite business coach. She is a former Marine and this four foot 11 inch firecracker, and there's no exaggeration about that, has a reputation for inspiring confident action and helping her clients double, triple, and quadruple their income. If you're stuck in a rut and want to increase your income and your confidence so you can take it to the next level, Rachel Luna is definitely the woman to call. So you ready? Let's go ahead and meet Rachel. Welcome Rachel Luna to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am really excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. Oh, no, thanks. I really have witnessed your journey over social media, especially Facebook. And I really can't say enough of how much an inspiration you are. You allow yourself to be vulnerable and you keep it so real. And that definitely screams confidence, which I'm excited to talk about because that's one of your areas of expertise. And what I love more about you is that you're really truly there serving others and it just says so much about you so i'm excited to va- dive in to get to know you and your money story Are you ready to do this i am ready awesome so tell us rachel a little bit about how you grew up around money
1: Ooh, okay so well first of all uh, my biological mother died when i was three she had aids and um, my father was also sick he also had aids so i was sent to live with my godmother and my godmother was a single woman, very independent. And the very first thing that I remember her saying is, learn to be independent. Don't depend on a man for anything. And she was, a, she is still a registered nurse. And I just remember that there was a, a real sense of pride for her to have her own money, to be able to come and go as she pleased. And I grew up thinking like, yep, that's what I want too. Like I want to be able to come and go and she loved to travel, still loves to travel. So that first part was that money represented independence and freedom. Now, the one area where I felt like was a hindrance is that we never talked about money. That was all. That was the extent of our conversations of money. Be independent, don't depend on a man. But there was never any talk about bills or credit cards, and I remember the one time I asked her, "Mommy, how much money do you make and how much are, how much is the rent or something like that? I asked her about how much money she made and, and something about our bills. And she said, don't worry about that. You don't have to worry about money. I take care of the bills. Don't ask me about my business. And so interesting. Yeah. So, so right then and there, you know, the story that I took from that was, I don't have to worry about money.
0: Right. So basically, you grew up that you needed to be independent, don't depend on others. But at the same time, you didn't have to worry about money.
1: Right. In terms of like the responsibility of where like managing the money. Right, right, right. Because because the question that I had asked her wasn't because I was curious about how much money she made. It was really I was curious about the expenses. Mm-hmm. And from you know, the lesson I got was like, you don't have to worry about money where that actually came in to hurt me was when I got to college, I had never paid bills. And so I didn't know what a credit card was. I mean, let me rephrase. I knew what a credit card was. I didn't know how they worked. I thought that as long as you paid it off, eventually you were good to go. Mm -hmm. And so of course in college, they have those tables. I don't think they're allowed to do this anymore, but
0: (laughs) the (laughs) t-shirts
1: Yes, but back in the day, I think I got a water bottle and like a stress ball, And I signed up for my very first card and I racked it up. I got $2,000 credit limit. And of course, you know, back in that time, that was a lot of money for, and I think it's still a lot of money for anybody, but for, especially for 18 year old So of course I did what any 18 year old with $2,000 would do. I went shopping and the, you know, the whole thing. And I kept getting bills, you know, pay your credit card. And I would just kind of look at them and be like, eh. And, and remember at that time, Back in that time, there was internet. (laughs) I'm dating myself here. There was internet, (laughs) but like paying your paying your bills online wasn't a thing yet. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to make a payment, you either had to call or you had to actually write a check. Of which I didn't even have check. Like I had a bank account with like four dollars in it. Anyway, so fast forward to later in the year when I got a a letter saying we are we are willing to forgive your debt, half of your debt. And if you can start making payments, you'll only have to pay 700 instead of the 3000 that I owed at the time because of interest and all that. So I raced over to my guidance counselor and I'm like, Scott, Scott, yeah, I got the best letter. Like, I don't have to pay this money back. And he was like, whoa, no, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, do you understand how credit cards work? Do you know your credit score? And I was like, credit score? Who's keeping a score? <laughs>
0: You don't know what you don't know, right?
1: You don't. No one had taken the time. I knew how to balance a checkbook, kind of, because we learned that in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. But but because I wasn't paying bills, I didn't really have to balance a checkbook. So um, so he broke it down to me and he explained to me like that I needed to pay this debt and not accept their their plea bargain, if you will. And so that was my first like foray into bills. I paid that off, and then he was like, "Okay, give me the credit card. I'm going to cut it. You're not going to use it anymore." And I didn't use that one, but then I got an express card and a Victoria secrets card and whatnot. And so by the time I was 25, I had already graduated college, but I was over $40,000 in debt between student loans, credit card, and a vehicle that I had purchased. And I was the type of girl that like the bills would come in and I wouldn't Even open them, I would just throw them in the trash, like just throw them in the trash, like out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And that year was a a turning point year for me. Two thousand five, two thousand six was a two thousand six really was a big turning year because I went through a really difficult breakup. I found out that my boyfriend was actually really happily married, and my whole world came crumbling down. We had been together on and off for three years. I was overweight, and at the time, I was a marine in the Marine Corps. So I had weight standards that I was always struggling to meet. And at this point, by the way, I had already overcome a battle with alcoholism and two eating disorders. So I had already, I had already felt like I'm already winning at life. Like Mm -hmm. uh, what more? And so um, that was kind of my wake up call. The breakup was my wake up call that girl, you need to get your life together. So I hired a life coach, which ultimately ended leading me to get certified as a, a life coach and sort of taking me down the path where I am today. But what, working with her, she she said, you've, you've got this great story, you've overcome so many things, you'd be a great life coach. And I was like, are you crazy? I am forty over $40,000 in debt, I'm overweight, apparently I've been a mistress for the last three years, like, who the hell's gonna listen to me? Why, why? I, I'm not qualified. And she said, well, you're not qualified right now, but we're gonna get it together. You are gonna pay off that debt. You are going to get into a routine. And when you do that, and when you master that, other people are gonna wanna know how you did it. And then once you get your certification, you'll be able to really help them have those transformations as well.
0: Well, absolutely. No, because it is an incredible story. Of course, being that I've I've heard you on different podcasts, I, I sort of have known the story. And it is sometimes when with these type of uh, stories where it's just some just pure craziness where it's like you can't fathom someone dealing or enduring those things, but yet there's other people out there that are quite, you know, that don't have anybody to turn to and just hearing from someone who has been there makes the world of a difference, right? So it's, I'm glad Mm -hmm. that that life coach put that in perspective for you. Uh, Because it does make a difference for those that are, you know, listening out there that who are in those same shoes, who are possibly battling with what you battled with in the past. So,
1: well, yeah, and so, so we worked together. We worked together for six months, and in that six months, I made you know bunch of strides and changes, and I really felt like I was getting my life on track. And in three years, I paid off all of my debt, including my car, all my student loans, everything. And I also still had over $20,000 in my savings. And that was after paying cash for a brand new car. Wow.
0: So in three years, you paid, if I'm understanding you right, you you paid $40,000 of debt. You Uh had in those three years also accumulated $20,000 in savings and you paid in cash for for another car.
1: car. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. So tell us how did that happen in those three years? What did you do that allowed you to do that?
1: I paid attention to the money. (laughs) (laughs) I just paid attention. Because here's the thing. At that time, when I was 25, I was living in Germany on active duty in the Marine Corps. But the job that I had... And the billet that I was giving gave me an additional $3,000 in income for something that they call per diem. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was making about $6,000 a month. I was living in the barracks, so I had no expenses. I, Because I was in Europe, I actually didn't have my car. So my car insurance, Like I had very few actual cost of living expenses. Like I definitely had nowhere near $6,000 worth of expenses. But what I had been doing prior to that was spending the $6,000 every month on shenanigans. I travel, Mm -hmm. I went to Italy. I mean, even in the three years after that, I still kept traveling, but I limited a lot of my shopping and frivolous spending to to experiences. But like, you know, before that, I remember going to Italy and spending $1,000 in one day.
0: Hmm. Yep. It's easy. It can be it can be
1: done. (laughs) But you know what's the worst part of it all? Is that I spent a thousand dollars in this really like cheap store with and I got all now that I look back at everything that came home in that bag, it was just all this I have nothing from that trip except one classic leather jacket. It's real Italian leather. But I mean like (sighs) such a waste of money. So what, what, ha- what changed for me was I started to look at my bank account. I started to you know, make sure that my bills were paid on time, every time. And I just was more prudent about it. I really thought before I spent, I was deliberate about saving money. I started cooking in the barracks instead of going out for every meal. And little by little, it's amazing how the little expenses rack up debt. So $30 here, a $50 dinner there, $75 sneakers, it doesn't feel like much when you look at those amounts. Even, you know, $30 chip to the movies doesn't feel like much, but if you're going to the movies and you're eating out three times a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, before you know it, it's $500. I and and in full disclosure, the last 6 months I was I ended up moving to Vista, I got my own apartment down there for a couple of months and I was going out to dinners all the time. I was just like living way extravagantly. And when my, uh, bookkeeper sent me my PNL, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> hold up. Like, what am I doing? Cause she does all my books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I-, I spent $900 in meals and entertainment last month. Like what the, that's nine hundred dollars that I could be putting in savings, or you know, if I were really savvy, that's nine hundred dollars I could be putting in some sort of an account to get me some sort of a return. That's nine hundred dollars I could be putting in Facebook ads to build my list mm-hmm. to prepare for the next launch. I mean, there's just so many other things that I could be doing with that nine hundred dollars instead of screwing around at the gas lamp at the strip club, which is a steakhouse,
0: <laughs> by the way, it's
1: delicious. <laughs>
0: Oh, you're so funny. No, and it's, and it's crazy how it's not hard to look at the money and be diligent, even though what's hard, what can be hard for people is overcoming that fear, right? I was just about to
1: say, it's scary. It's scary. Mm -hmm. I do think it is hard. Mm -hmm. I do think it is hard. Because if you're afraid of something, how easy it is to do something in the face of fear? it's not easy. Exactly. Right. Right, right. It's easy. If you're not afraid of the money, it's easy. If you have like that, no matter what I, whatever I encounter, I'm so grateful and everything's going to be okay. If you have that kind of attitude, but if you're afraid of confronting for me, so I'm saying if you're afraid, but I'm just telling you my own personal fear, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really talking to myself here, friend. Um, but if like, if I'm afraid of looking at the numbers, Because I know based on how I've been living, whether or not I've been responsible or irresponsible with my money. And I don't want to be irresponsible. I don't want to be irresponsible. I don't want to be seen as irresponsible. I want to be a good steward with what I have because I deeply believe that if you are a good steward with the money that you have, you will attract more money. But if you don't take care of what you have, there's no way you can get more of that. You haven't proven to to God or whoever you believe in that you can handle the responsibility that comes with more, you know, to much who is given much is expected.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of fear, one of the things that you are so amazing is in helping people gain confidence. Uh, So how would you suggest someone overcoming that fear of looking at their money, of just really getting to the nitty gritty of seeing what is going on with their money and changing that. Cause it, 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 once the fear is there, yes, it's, it's hard, but how do you tackle that fear and overcome it?
1: Well, let's, let's break this down into sections here because the first thing is how do you tackle that fear and overcome it? And I personally don't believe that there are very many fears that you can truly overcome. And the example that I always give is that I'm afraid of flying. And yet I've been to more than 18 countries and countless cities. I'm afraid of flying, but I still get on the plane, mm-hmm. right? I have taken every course that you can take to learn the mechanics of flying, like I know more about planes than the, the average person um, to help me overcome this fear. And I've never overcome it. I'm just comfortable in the fact that I'm afraid of flying, right? So that's the first part is to recognize that you don't have to overcome anything. What you have to do is you have to be comfortable with your fear and comfortable with taking action despite your fear. So some of the ways that we can do that is number one, to release your emotional attachment to the outcome, which is kind of what I referenced just a few minutes ago. And that take a, when, before you go into your bank account, just say to yourself, I am okay with whatever I encounter, good, bad in the negative, whatever is there, I'm grateful. I have all these other things to be grateful for. And whatever's waiting for me on the other end, I'll figure it out. And so for me, that's how I approach flying. I have surrendered my emotional attachment to the outcome. One of three things is going to happen. I'm either going to make it there safely. I am going to be involved in a crash, but I may survive that. And cool, I may never get on a plane again after that, but I made it. Or three, the plane is going to crash and I'm going to die. And if that's the case, I'm okay with that. Before we jump into today's content,
0: keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing
1: midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Because I'm right with God. or I feel as right as I'm gonna be in with God today, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I've let I don't want to die because I don't want to leave my kids behind. But if my kids if I do leave, I know that they're in good hands. They're they have an amazing father. They we have family. My mother's still like they'll be all right. Mm-hmm. My mother died. I'm just fine. I mean, I'm not just fine. Of course, God knows all the issues I have, but <laughs> But I'm thriving yes. despite, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to remind yourself that despite whatever's waiting for you on the other side of this fearful action that you're going to take, you are going to be fine. You will figure it out. You'll be able to thrive. One of the things that I like to think about with credit card debt, especially because as I mentioned um, in the last six months, I had a really fancy apartment and I racked up quite a bit of debt and I had been debt free for 10 years. And so looking at the personal debt that I had racked up, um, in just a few short months, initially I was like, damn, how did that happen? I've been paying this thing off, but like, just as soon as I pay off $2,000, I go and charge another $2,000. It was just this cycle. And when I actually just sat and looked at the numbers, I, I looked at what that bill was telling me. Mm-hmm. And what that bill was telling me was that I had just spent six months having amazing experiences. And Kate, have you read Kate Northrup's book, um, Money, A Love Story? I haven't and I have not read it fully. <laughs> <laughs> really? I yes, I've, I've
0: started reading. It's one of those things that I start reading and I get distracted and then I'll start reading another book before I finish. Uh, yeah. Yes. That's, that's the story of my yeah, life. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I, I'm working on that it. one sister. I'm currently <laughs> reading four books. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, I read that book and I, I keep joking with Kate that I feel like I need to start getting some of her royalties because I promote the book so much <laughs> and, and I reference it and it's earmarked all, but the thing that, the one thing that struck with me most is that she said, debt is an exchange of value already received. So yeah. if you have debt, it's because you've already experienced the value. Now, if you're looking at your credit cards, thinking like, I have nothing to show for this, then maybe we need to make some adjustments in what you're spending your money on. But mm-hmm. for me, once I reminded myself of that, I looked at, so it's it's about $13,000 of debt, and you know me, I will tell it all, no shame in my game. <laughs> Because you know why? First of all, I'm not ashamed about anything that I do or have done because I've made peace with myself and no one can make you feel ashamed. No one shames you. You are giving them way too much power if someone shames you. So for me, like no shame. I racked up $13,000 in debt. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, Rachel, how did you get back into this place? You are so responsible. You you teach and preach, and you were practicing your Money Fridays. Like, what the heck, girl? You know better than this. And then I looked at the statements and I highlighted every experience that was fun or that I really enjoyed that gave me some sort of satisfaction. And there were a small handful of unhighlighted areas. And I was like, yeah, maybe I didn't need that. Right. And so for me, it was like, I've, gotten a lot of value out of these experiences. So I can honor this debt. And as I make my payments, I'm going to do so cheerfully knowing that I'm simply repaying the money that was lent to me to have a great time.
0: I love that. Cause one thing that when I teach and when I coach my clients and even on the podcast is there's so much media attention on, uh, Basically, what you're saying—the shaming of like, oh, you have debt, this is bad—or the story, the the stories that are out there that are supposed to be inspirational uh, to some, uh, me- saying, oh, I paid off sixty thousand dollars in debt in three months, and to others, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't do this, and so they feel that shame of not being able to. But I love how you put this down, just broke it down here for us, where taking a look at that debt, highlighting that the value, the experiences that you got from it and honoring that and then and deal with it and just take action and just and and pay it off. Uh, But and I just I really love that you brought that up because it's really it resonates with me. It resonates with what I teach because a lot of people come to me. Thank you for sharing um, this episode or this story because it allowed me to give it, it allowed them the permission and the grace to keep going at their, and it's their journey, right? It's no mm. one else's. It's their own journey. And they don't need to be comparing themselves or really uh, putting themselves on, uh, on another's person's journey. Because it's, it's your own journey. It's unique. So I love that you brought that up. Agreed goodness, this is great. All this stuff is just great. I knew you were going to get into some nitty gritty here. <laughs> so I was excited. I'm like, well, let's see how this, you know, I have other questions for you. Uh, but let's see how this interview evolves. Because I know you break it down. I you do. tell it how it is. And there's so much inspiration just from what we talked about uh, right now.
1: Can and I throw I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but can go I throw for one more nitty gritty? Absolutely.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> because,
1: well, and he, you know why I tell, I share so much is because I'm by nature pretty nosy. You know, I mean, my job, well, my job is to ask powerful questions and mm-hmm. then to listen, right? Mm-hmm. So for the entrepreneur that might be listening to this, in addition to the $13,000 of personal debt that I racked up, I am also sitting on $13,000 of business debt. Okay, And so you're looking at, I owe $26,000. And for some people, that number sounds ginormous. Mm -hmm. For me, it doesn't feel that big. It doesn't feel like to me, I'm like, "Eh, I'll pay that off in a quarter, Mm -hmm. maybe two quarters, right. But, But that's because I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm constantly generating revenue and I do affiliate marketing and all that stuff. But when I look at the business debt, I never feel guilty about having business debt because there is a cost of doing business. Now, can we get that debt lower? Yes. Can we lower our monthly expenses? Yes. And in fact, we have. We took off almost five thousand dollars from the annual budget in January, and my bookkeeper and I are still—we're on this like relentless pursuit of okay, well, what else can we do without? What else can we cut so that we can get to the the coveted forty percent profit, you know, forty mm-hmm. percent profit margin? But you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about like, well, should I buy this program? I don't want to get in debt. Go for it. If it's something that's going to help you make money, like why would you not? You know, you, I really believe in that you do have to spend some money to make money, even in the stock market, right? Like you have to give them their money before they give you any kind of a return. I don't know why people don't look at their businesses as investments. And my friend Dan Martel says you get, um, did he say seven to one? Did he say seven to one? Or I think, I feel like he said it was like 50% return. If you, when you invest in your business, you get a 50% return. If you actually take action and implement So don't be afraid of business debt or personal debt for that matter, if you're doing it for the right reasons. And if you're actually having experiences and living your life, because you know, my, like I said, my mom died when I was three, she was 37 where Mm. none of us are promised tomorrow. And like, yes, you do have to save for the fact that you might live to be 90, but you also can't live like limited because that's. You know, what What good is living till you're 90 if your whole 90 years were just filled with you scrimping and pinching and denying yourself of the amazing things that life has to offer? There has to be some sort of a balance there.
0: Oh, I agreed. And that's when people come to me needing help and getting out of debt. I take a look at what their priorities are in life. Yes, if debt is one, we obviously work on that. But I also take a look at what their life is like, what their priorities are, what they really enjoy doing and make sure that we don't take that completely away from them. Because how are you going to uh, strive to pay off debt when you're not happy, right? If you're not happy Mm -hmm. in do, I don't know, whatever makes, you know, maybe it's just going to Starbucks on a weekly basis, maybe not five times a week, (laughs) maybe just on a (laughs) weekly basis and giving yourself that treat if that's something that really, you really love or whatever that case may be. But I really believe in doing that and that there is, there is no magic formula to it. You have to look at what your wants and needs are and, and priorities. But I think there is a way to Have your cake and eat it too. Agreed. And I really love that you're sharing this. So this (laughs) has been amazing, Rachel. I would get into the other questions, but we don't have (laughs) the time for it today. So I wanted to end this with you sharing, how would you finish the sentence, her money matters because? Because she's worth it. Absolutely agreed. And Rachel, I can't thank you enough all the knowledge bombs that you dropped today, I, this has been fantastic and I really appreciate you sharing all of that today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry that I hijacked and didn't get to answer all the other questions. Oh, no, but... no, no, no hijack at all. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's,
0: it was perfect just because I like to let the interviews lead where they lead. And they, it led there for a reason. So it served yeah. its purpose and uh, this, this has definitely been fabulous.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Mm-mm-mm. I must say, Rachel Luna did not disappoint. Don't you agree? There was just so much goodness to her interview. And literally, I felt like my brain was on fire. I want to talk more about her breakdown in managing fear, but before I do that, I wanna do a quick shout out like usual, especially to those of you who have been helping me by voting for your favorite title for my book. If you have not placed your vote, I'll have a link to this in the show notes. In case you are hearing me say book and you're thinking, what in the world are you talking about, Jen? Yes, I have been in the process. Well, the book draft is pretty much done. Uh, and, and it's all about the missing gaps, that traditional advice of spend less, save more, get out of debt, miss it. So that my book is all about that. I literally share my story and lessons learned from my own personal experience. And in case you're wondering when you can expect this uh, to be available for purchase, it'll probably be in the new year, the beginning of the new year, but I will make sure I will keep you posted. So let's go ahead and go over her breakdown. So she mentioned how she believes that there aren't too many fears that you can truly overcome. And it's funny that up until that point, I honestly hadn't had time to think about this. It's so true. I think we're so focused on overcoming those fears and we leave it at that. We don't think, well, do we really have to overcome those fears? So as far as her three-step process, I want to make sure that I just go over it again because I love how simple it is. So remember, the first part was to recognize that you don't have to overcome anything. And I absolutely love that. Something so simple, something that it's one of those things that are straight in front of you that is obvious, but you're so consumed in how to overcoming the fear that you don't think to do this, right? So let's think about in terms of what would be that money fear of yours. So how can you apply these three steps? So for example, for me, it's not having enough despite all the saving that we are doing. For example, we have been saving, and I have mentioned this and keep it a secret, please. We have been saving for our boys for their college since the moment we found out we were expecting for each of them. And now that my oldest is starting high school, oh, goodness, I'm still having a hard time saying this. I look at his college savings and I fear it's not enough. And since it's he's starting high school, which means there's four more years left before oh goodness, he's going to go to college. It's kind of freaking me out. Okay, it's not kind of. It's freaking me out. All right? So it's comforting to know that I don't have to overcome this fear. That it's okay. I can freak out, I guess, if you will, and uh, and it's okay. So the second step to d- managing this fear is being comfortable with your fear and taking action despite it. So in my instance, I, the actions that I'm taking, uh, despite me thinking that there's not enough uh, in these next for the next when he graduates. Uh, uh, high school to go to college. I'm still taking action. We continue to save like we've been saving, like we've been doing. I have actually been talking to my son about colleges and thinking about in terms of when he starts looking at them at the rate of investment, meaning looking at what the college offers in terms of what he wants to do, looking at that career choice And what kind of income is he going to be making from that career choice and comparing it to the tuition or how much that college is going to cost him for those four years. So I am wanting him to start thinking in those terms. So that's something that I've been doing. So if he's, let's say, one of the best professions, but the least paid professions out there, let's say he wants to become a teacher. Well, he doesn't want, you know, he shouldn't, or in my opinion, going to a four-year college where maybe I'm just throwing out numbers where the tuition is 100K every year just doesn't make sense, right? So I want him to start thinking in those terms. And then because we're military, uh, we are fortunate to have access to the GI Bill, and honestly, that's something I haven't taken the time to really understand. There's been some changes around it. So that's something that I need to do. That's some action that I need to do to really understand how to use it, how it applies, uh, for the boys, because that's something that is, uh, is being passed on to them. And I know like part of this fear of mine is a lack. It's just a lack of not knowing, right? So most of us, when it comes to fear, it's, Sometimes it's a lack of what you don't know. And sometimes, once you know, that fear really minimizes as a whole lot. And the third part to this process is to release that emotional attachment to the outcome. So, she made some really great examples of thinking in terms um, I'm okay with whatever I encounter, I'm grateful. And whatever there is for me on the other end, I'll figure it out because, you know, everything always turns out fine. Everything works itself out and that you'll be able to thrive. Okay. So I know for us, I'm definitely grateful for the money that we have saved. It could, you know, look at the other option. We could maybe at this time, the other option is there that we didn't save anything, right? So I'm definitely grateful for the money we have saved. I know and have faith that it will work out because when I look back to things that I was fearful of, when I looked back to things that have stressed me out, they always manage to work out. There's always a solution and somehow things work out on its own. So remember the three steps for managing fear. One, recognize that you don't have to overcome anything because some fears are just there. You you just don't have to overcome any, all of them. And number two, be comfortable with your fear and take action despite of it. And number three is release that emotional attachment to the outcome because things have a a way to have a way of working themselves out. So now it's your turn. So i give you some example of my money fear. So I want you to think about what your money fear is. Maybe what's something that you've been struggling with lately and take these simple steps These three steps, and let me know how you do. But I don't want you to do it in the sense of asking yourself and responding yourself. You know, talking, you can talk to yourself. I'm not saying don't talk to yourself, but I want you to take a step because I always tell you, write things down. And I tell you because I was one of those that really write things down all the time. I'm one of those that I wasn't a believer in that. But When I've started doing that, I've become a believer. So when you go through this, I challenge you to think about your money fear, something that you've been struggling with lately. And think, go through those three steps and write those down. Okay, so don't just go through it mentally, but go through it writing it down. I think you'll find that super, super helpful. So that is it next week. episode 112 we talked to Jason Silverberg and his own personal experience as a kid whose parents went through a divorce and he is now a certified financial planner and he is big on helping couples who have gone through a divorce on how to really adapt to the new life, how to manage that money. And so he's had a has a lot of golden nuggets in there. So I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. And if this podcast, if you got as much value as I did out of this particular episode, I encourage you to share it, share it with a friend, share it on social media, email it to someone. However you deem it best, I would greatly appreciate it. So I want to thank Rachel. Uh, you can uh, find her over at rachelluna.biz. I'll have that link in the show notes. And she was such a great guest. So Rachel, I really want to thank you for sharing such a great story, for just being you as usual. And if you want to check out the show notes, you can find those over at jenhempill.com forward slash 111. You'll find the links and uh, just detailed show notes on there as well. So thanks again for joining me and I will talk to you next Thursday.